0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we learn more about curling Canada's Hub City plans to have the Briar Scotties, Canadian Mixed Doubles, and World Men's Championship in Calgary in February and March. We also break down the plans with Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun. That's all on the podcast. Last night, we learned that the Scotties-Briar Canadian Mix and World Men's Curling Championships will be held in a hub city format, a bubble in Calgary next year. This morning, we heard from many people involved in the decision-making process on a media availability. And you'll now get to hear what we heard this morning. The science of the hub is where we begin. Dr. Robert McCormick. Chief Medical Officer, Canadian Olympic Committee from 2005 to 2019, and has been the Medical Director of the COC since 2011. He talked about the
1: COVID protocols that will be in place. We've built uh, on the models that have already demonstrated success, in including uh, the NHL, the NBA, and a number of national teams. Um, and it will be a, a combination of strategies. Uh, certainly, it'll be minimizing risk of people that come into the bubble uh, by making sure that they self-isolate and to the, the highest level of standards of uh, what are advised by the provincial health officers uh, for at least a week or so before they come into the bubble. They'll then be tested before they come into the bubble to make sure that they're not shedding virus is the term we use uh, when they start to interact with others. They'll be tested again on multiple occasions inside the bubble, be um, screened each day for symptoms, uh, be screened each day with temperature checks And we have some very strict protocols to maintain physical distancing, uh, mask wearing, all the things that you hear repeatedly from our uh, public health experts. So we've kind of taken what's been advised, ratcheted up to a higher level, and by keeping the bubble tight and minimizing external contacts, in fact, um, avoiding all external contacts with the people inside that field of play bubble, what we're calling the green zone, we'll be able to keep that tight and um, uh, we're optimistic that that will be a safe environment.
0: Dr. McCormick, now on the high number of cases in Alberta presently and if that could maybe have to lead to a cancellation down the road?
1: So, So you're absolutely right that the second wave that we're into and the numbers in Alberta are concerning so that's something we're following closely. We're also working closely with not only the provincial health officers but uh, federally with uh, uh, Public Health Agency of Canada, as far as it relates to things like the men's world championships. So it's, it is a moving target. We have to have some flexibility, but we are confident that um, what we're doing is actually gonna make sure that the public is not put at risk at all. And that's one of the advantages of a bubble is that really the curling community is taking on the risks and having very high standards to make sure that it is a safe environment but there's not going to be any interaction with the general public in Alberta, so that the risk to them is essentially zero or negligible.
0: CEO Katherine Henderson on combining the Scotties and Brier into
2: one event at the same time? Yes or no? You know, it's a men's championship and a women's championship. You know, we really do like to highlight, you know, those particular athletes and give them their Place in the Sun, we also like to work with our with our broadcast partner and our sponsors to make sure that the investments that they are making in supporting the sport are certainly seen and highlighted. And on field size, will that have to be reduced? I think right now the intent is that all of our regions will be represented. Of course, we're working with them. They all have individual situations. They have individual travel restrictions and public health um, implications. Uh, but we're also, you know, three months away from where we're going to be. So right now, the intention is to have uh, all of our member associations represented. And we're working with them right now to support that idea. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, public health will tell whether, whether uh, certain groups can travel or not. Everyone's planning to be there. though so I can tell you that.
0: Curling Canada, Director of Broadcast Marketing, Innovation and Event Presentation. Also Pilot Mountain Manitoba native Nolan Thiessen now. On the dates for the events, we don't know what they are for sure, but will they be close to the original dates of February twentieth for the Scotties and March sixth for the Briar?
3: Yeah, we're definitely aiming for similar timing for the Briar and the Scotties in particular. Um, you know, we obviously haven't finalized draw formats and um, that yet, so you know there could be a few days on either end that, that adjusts, or um, you know we just want to be flexible. As I said, we have the building and and we'll have everything set up there, so. Um, we have the flexibility to move um, in and around there. Um, and then obviously from, I know we announced the Canadian mixed doubles championship that will go between um, the end of the briar and, and the world men's as well to to tr- somewhere in there. We're just finalizing those and, and what um, what works best. It's also a bit of a logistics thing at the building as well. Um, and, and for the athletes in terms of the amount of time that they need to spend in the bubble as well, we didn't, we, we weren't wanting to ask anybody to show up and spend the entire time, um, in there, um, as well for our, for our Canadian athletes.
0: He was asked about possible conflict with a freestyle skiing bubble to be held in Calgary at the end of January.
3: Well, I think one of the, um, one of the comforts for us is that, the uh, hotel venue that we have secured, uh, we've secured for the entire time. So as Dr. Bob um, has expressed in terms of the tightness of our bubble, our hotel, and as you say, the the rink and venue will be um, curling Canada's for the entire time that that we have um, secured our hub city. So um, there's really limited chance uh, at all of any crossover with um, other freestyle or anything else happening at Canada Olympic Park during that time. Some curlers have said this bubble could put pressure on provincial bodies to hold
0: playdowns when it might not be the safest to do so. decent you your
3: thoughts? Well, in terms of um, the pressure on um, local um, curling clubs and, and local health authorities to open up so that people can be ready, um, in the end, as Dr. McCormick said, we've ratcheted up our protocols for our bubble. It, it doesn't You know, it it doesn't relate necessarily to the local um, provincial jurisdictions and territorial jurisdictions in terms of what they can and can't do. They all have to adhere to whatever health guidance is in um, their local areas. For us, in terms of qualifying teams, we've had initial actually multiple conversations with all of our member associations in terms of their sort of plans, A, B, C and D, what their checkpoints are um, for when, uh, you know, when they have to make a final decision, uh, um, as well as, um, shared a lot of information with them in terms of what their athletes are to expect in our bubble and, and whether or not they'd be willing to do that as well. Cause obviously there's still quarantine restrictions for certain places across Canada, even from fellow Canadians. So, um, it's a bit of a moving target and we've talked to everybody and we are sort of aware of what everyone's plans are at the moment and and they're working through everything. Could COVID related rule changes apply at these events like one sweeper and giving space, getting off the ice once it's no longer your shot. We're going to be in constant contact with the health authorities in terms of what we can do, obviously from an Alberta championship perspective, um, and all of our member associations, you'll, you'll have likely seen our COVID-19, um, return to play guidelines that had a lot of uh, rule changes. Those were outlined in order to, you know, be a way to bring people together who have been out in the community. Obviously, with some of the increased guidelines that we have for our championships in terms of the community isolation and the testing, we can likely open up a few of those rules. Um, We're looking at it right now in terms of final rules there might be a couple modifications but we're hoping to be as close to regular curling that you're used to watching. And is there an update to Olympic trials qualification? Well it's it's on pause right now Um, we paused it you know earlier this year because we didn't want to um, incentivize athletes to take chances when when, with something that they're uncomfortable with right to go chase points um, when they weren't comfortable traveling and and with the travel restrictions so Right now we're still looking at all options in terms of how we're going to name the teams for the trials and what the trials is going to look like and the pre-trials as well um you know we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to represent canada at the olympic games and and we have our best rep there but um yeah it's likely a little too early for us to announce anything
0: and finally director of high performance jerry peckham is asked if this year's winners will be the national reps
2: for the Worlds. Uh, yes, that is the intent that the two winning teams would uh, would travel forward to the uh, respective World Championships, obviously one in their own backyard. Uh, we're still awaiting some of the specific details in and around Switzerland hosting the World Women's. So um, we have uh, um, uh, Nolan and Danny and uh, Catherine are in constant communication with the WCF just in regard to what the quarantine-related protocols might be leading into the World Women's Championship. Um, my sense is that that has not been determined yet, but obviously, as per your suggestion, we'll have to monitor that very carefully and ensure that we have appropriate travel time set aside to make that happen. And now we bring in our friend Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg
0: Sun, who we have and all, all the time during curling season, but Ted, we don't really have a curling season right now, do we? <laughs>
4: Well, no, uh, and I just want to quickly pick a bone with you, Christian. I'm actually watching the football game on uh, PVR because oh. I been working all day. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just uh, giving you a little. You'll bit You're listening to a radio there, station, dude. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. Uh, so, joking, of course, but let's go to the curling. And what a crazy okay. couple of days it's been, in a way, uh, because the you know Curling Canada comes out with their plan to have huge you know events in this bubble they're the biggest events in this country and they're going to go into the bubble and it's really going to be a difficult situation um in some ways because you've got health concerns you've got how do you decide who's going to come into this bubble uh the the, the provinces are having difficulty even deciding how they're going to decide which teams go because they can't be sure that they can do their provincials there's so many questions and you're right there hasn't been any curling for the last little while because of the COVID-19 pandemic and now you're in a situation where they're going to have these events in a bubble but there are so many question marks involved
0: well we had Craig Baker of Curl Manitoba on Monday when the they came out with their plan to have the provincial playdowns in kind of their own little bubble in in Selkirk at the start of February. And obviously we don't know two months from now what the COVID situation will look like. We pray and knock on wood that it's a lot better than it is right now, but there's no guarantee of that. And if worse comes to worse, I guess other provinces will have to do what Curl Manitoba said. And that's just say, hey, if you won it last year, I guess you're going back again this year.
4: Yes, and that's definitely in the rules that Curling Canada, or sorry, Curly, Curl Manitoba released this week, which we're saying that in a certain scenario where you can't have a provincial at all, then we're going to send last year's champion. And in, in Manitoba, that would be Jason Gunnickson. and On the men's side and on the women's side, it would be Carrie Anderson, except she has already won the Scotties last year, so she's going back as Team Canada. So then Jennifer Jones would go as the runner-up. From Manitoba, so it's really a convoluted situation in that way because there's a lot of teams um, in in provinces like Manitoba and Alberta, as it is every year. There's a lot of teams that sh- you know probably should be in a premier event like that, um, and you've got a situation in Manitoba like that, and then you've got a situation in Alberta where Kevin Cooley went as Team Canada last year to the uh, Briar. Um, and he did not win Alberta. He didn't even compete in the Alberta Provincials. So if all of a sudden you're sending Brendan Botcher as the representative for Alberta because he won last year and now you're potentially leaving Kevin Cooey out of the mix, Curling Canada definitely has to come up with a way to make sure that some of those really good teams are in there without necessarily having to win their provincial.
0: Well, and this is kind of the the question we've been asking, pandemic or not, the last few years since they put in the wild card is, and by extension the wild card, every province and territory getting in is all about competitive balance, right? We've talked about how none of it goes, maybe wins one game, it gets plowed the rest of the time. (laughs) When you've got, you know, any, you can pick Alberta, you can pick Manitoba, either province has four or five deep that you could go that could, win the whole tournament whether you're on the men's or women's side i think women's deeper here in in manitoba but still the point is there are provi- there. there's going to be imbalance no matter how you do it right
4: yes even in a regular season there is imbalance yeah. obviously last year tracy Fleury from manitoba did not get to the scotties because she lost in the wild card, card game to jennifer jones but she was at or near the top of the canadian team ranking system standings going into it so you know, there's a team that is going to be in a little bit of flux right now. Should that team be in the, in the Scotties, especially in a year when it's in a bubble and they should have a chance to potentially, you know, p- represent Canada this year because it's a really important year for Canada too. They need to finish, I think it is, in the top six at the Worlds to make sure that Canada even qualifies for the Olympics. Like, it's none of that has been done. The Olympic qualifying has not been done because there were no world championships last year so that's all coming down in the next little while and you know it's a really important year for Canada they can't afford to not have their best teams there so they're going to want to have the best field possible and you know the Tracy Fleury team is one that's going to be looking at that very closely I think the Mike McEwen team from Manitoba also
0: well and you know you can never plan for a pandemic and but from a curling point of view this year is so critical in the cycle right every team now in curling plans their four years around getting to the trials getting to the olympics and now that's completely out of whack it's we 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 know a couple teams that have qualified for the roar which tentatively will be in a year in saskatchewan but we also know that they've paused as we heard earlier in the show they've paused the olympic uh, point system right now and I think it sounds like they're kind of, kind of have to come up with a new way to figure out who's going to be at the Roar, don't you think?
4: Absolutely. I, I was able to ask that question of Nolan Thiessen, who's the events coordinator for uh, Curling Canada today during their press conference, and it was there, there's some, you know, there's some decisions to be made there as to how they're going to qualify their teams for the Olympic trials, and they mentioned the pre-trials. I'm not sure the pre-trials. Can even really be part of this, but you know they've got their CTRS points, but those are going back to last year now. Nobody's collecting any points right now. Um, it's like it's a tough situation, and it's going to be hard to make sure that they can pick that correctly. But I think the, the from my standpoint, the proper thing to do is obviously to get your best teams there on the men's side and your best teams on the women's side. Uh, and, you know, use some sort of system over the last few years to decide that. Because, again, you know, we didn't win any medals. Canada didn't win any medals at the Olympics in curling last time, other than in mixed doubles. I apologize, not in men's or women's. And there was a lot of concern as to why that happened. So there was already talk that maybe there needed to be some refining to the way that we pick our teams for the Olympics. Now you've got this added in, and it's going to be a real challenge
0: talking with Ted Wyman, sports editor for the Winnipeg Sun. And we're looking at this hub now, Ted. You heard the details today. You heard how they're hoping to do it. We don't know the dates yet, but is it sounding like a feasible idea to you or is it ultimately really, depending on the virus?
4: Well, it does sound feasible, and it does. I do believe that their intention is to start it around February 20th. That's probably when the Scotties would normally take place and uh, that's probably what they'll do right there. And then it's going to go right to the end of April or at least mid April to deal with the world men's championship. But then it could conceivably continue on uh, in a different, a little bit of a different format in the grand slams that's been talked about as well. Um, and yeah, is it feasible? I do believe it is feasible because they are going along the uh, NHL and NBA plans, um, which were extremely successful during the summer to host, especially the NHL. Uh, I, at least I know the most about that because I was able to cover that a little bit, but they had their bubbles in Edmonton, Toronto, and everybody in hotels and within walls within the city. Um, and, and there were not any cases. They managed to get through with very, very few, if not, if not none. And it worked so well that that's what Curling Canada did was that they approached the people who made plans for those kind of things to get a little bit of a sense of what they could do to make this work in Calgary. It's a great setup in Calgary. It's perfect for it. There's hotels nearby. It's a real commitment from the curlers to say that they're going to go there if they've got families and jobs, because conceivably for some people, you could be there a month or longer. But, and then you've got the health and safety issues. You've got the fact that Alberta has very bad numbers in terms of the virus right now. Um, some of the worst in the country and they've shut down a lot of sporting events including curling over the last little while it doesn't seem like the timing looks good on that but we know from what the nhl did that bubbles are different um you know if you do it properly and testing is involved and self-isolation before it seems like it can be done and that is what they're intending to look to
0: do And I'm sure they thought the same thing with the juniors. And then, what, not even a week into Camp and Red Deer, they had to shut it all down. So they're definitely hoping to avoid that. But just from a quality of play point of view, Ted, there will be nowhere near the lead-in in in terms of tournaments, in terms of play, practice, all that. Do you think once the draws begin at the Scotties and the Briar, the quality of play will suffer?
4: I don't think so necessarily because some of these teams have played this year and and they're all seemingly going along at their usual pace. I did talk to Brad Gushu not too long ago and he said, it's not like we're going to forget how to play just because we haven't been out there for a while. Um, You know, they they know what they're doing. Kevin Cooey's team is playing, has been playing quite a bit. Nobody's playing right now. Mike McEwen's team from Winnipeg got out to Kelowna or to Penticton, I should say, and was able to win the event. Uh, and then that's really the only thing they've done, and it may be the only thing they do for a while. There's no doubt there's going to be some rest there, but there they went to an event that was quite big uh, in terms of uh, the the quality of the teams that were there, and they were able to win it, even though they hadn't played a game since the Briar in March. So I don't think necessarily these teams, like Brad Goosh, said, they haven't forgotten how to do it, and I think that they should be all right, but it is a big difference from what they're used to. Usually they would have played dozens and dozens of games to this point uh, on the cash tours and be ready to go. They may not, who knows when or if they'll even see the ice before that bubble opens up at this point.
0: I guess that's the big question is if some provinces are doing well with the case numbers and are able to play a bunch and, and people in other provinces aren't able to because numbers are high, that's a question of, Competitive advantage, maybe, but who knows? Again, we're two months out from—well, two and a half months out. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Two month, two and a half months out, we have no clue what the numbers will look like. And I, I understand why Curling Canada is planning and banking on hopefully things are better and that the bubble will hold true.
4: Yes, I I think that they are banking on that, but I also think that they're prepared to go in there. As if it were the situation right now, because they are bubbling and they are using very good advice from from leagues that were successful. They have Bob, Dr. Bob McCormack, who is their health uh, official. He's the uh, chief medical officer for the Canadian Olympic Committee. He knows this stuff, and they've worked very, very closely um, with a lot of organizations and health officials to make sure that they have something set up here. And I, you know, I do want to say that. Regardless of what we think might happen, it's pretty impressive that they've gotten to this point and it seems to me that the curlers are extremely um, pleased that the curling Canada was able to come to this. you know it's, I'm sure it took a ton of planning and you know I think it's really important to these curlers to have a chance to be able to play this year, to have a chance to work towards the Olympics, which has been their goal for the last four years and much longer for many of them. And, you know, this is, this is a really big deal. And I think Curling Canada, you know, certainly does, deserves some credit for getting to this point. But as I wrote in my column today, the hard work starts now. They've got to make things work. Planning it is one thing, but executing is going to be completely different.
0: Well said. And you can find more in Ted's column in the Winnipeg Sun. Ted, as always, appreciate your time. Thanks for this. And uh, hopefully you forgot what I said about the football game. You can go watch it now. <laughs> uh,
4: I think I did. Great talking
0: to you. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mel. or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You
2: can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?